Sanders. They didn't want to drop it on this boy's record. He is a threat. He is stunning. Take that. What a start for Liverpool. Still Madrid. Looks like Shannon. Early in the game. He's entitled to be a little nervous. But was he? You bet your life he wasn't. Miller. Lovely cushion header. But And let me tip my hat to the genesis of this goal. Balotelli, Aguero! I am Brooks Lambeer, and with me today, as always, I have J.R. Eskelson from TopTourSoccer.com. How's it going, J.R.? Great, thanks for having me, Brooks. Good. Uh, well, the... MLS Combine is approaching us here. Uh, at the end of the week, it begins on the 9th, and then it goes till the 13th. And then the MLS draft is next week, uh, the 15th. So things are rapidly approaching here. And uh, JR and I are going to kind of talk about, uh, we'll focus on the Big Ten players, and then we'll kind of also talk about you know what some other players, what they have to lose or what they have to gain. Uh, in the MLS Combine, uh, you know, at the end of this week and into the early next week. So we'll kind of start with some Big Ten guys. Uh, we have six going. We have two from Michigan State, one from Maryland, one from Michigan, one from Northwestern, and one from Penn State. Uh, is there out of those six guys? Is there is there a player that really needs to do well at the Combine to improve his stock? Uh, I I think the two goalkeepers probably have the greatest potential to really improve their stock. The combine is such an odd mechanism to judge players. You throw these teams together, you give them, I believe it's three games to compete, and they're just now learning who they're playing with, and they have never played with these guys before. So it's difficult to sort of show off your ability to play within a team. So a lot of it comes down to playing as individuals, and that sort of leans itself on the goalkeepers. I think Andrew Wolverton may be the biggest one with the opportunity here because I, I loved Wolverton this season. I thought he did really well, but the lasting memory I have of him is the errors he made against Syracuse. So if he can get those thoughts out of the scouts and the coaches' minds down at the combine, it'll really help his draft stock because he has all the physical tools to be an MLS keeper. He just needs to show that consistent quality of the MLS coaches are looking for. And the same can be applied to Tyler Miller. I mean, it's been a little while since we've seen him play, so... Tyler Miller could have a good showing down there and really increase his draft stock heading into the draft in a couple of weeks. Now we have, I think they're two Red Bulls homegrown players, are Metzger and Arnone, I believe. They're from, uh, if I'm correct, is that correct? <laughs> well, they're both not homegrown anymore. Okay. <laughs> they, they both got wiggled their way away from the Red Bulls. So they're both eligible for the draft now. Uh, actually, before we even start, uh, also, uh, we have, out of these six guys, we have two MLS signed players. We have Fatai Alashe from Michigan State and Dan Metzger from Maryland. Can you kind of explain what an MLS signed player is and like you know what what that really deals with? So a few MLS teams have identified these two players as as potential picks for the first round. So right now MLS looks at these guys and says these guys are definitely getting drafted early. Let's lock them into a contract now so they don't get tempted by offers from overseas or get tempted by offers elsewhere. So 
MLS works with the league owning the contracts for every player. So MLS locks in these guys now. They have them under contract, and now they can go to the combine. They can perform however well they want, no matter what they're getting drafted, these players, because they've already got guaranteed contracts. So it, it's a it's a nice safety net for those two guys, and it, it's a very strange dynamic because now they're going into the combine there's not a ton of pressure on them, but these guys are still very competitive. So I know most of them are going to try to compete because they want those top sort of draft picks stats. They want those top five, top ten positions. Well, uh, out of those two guys, Alashe and Metzger, you have in in the top drawer soccer MLS uh, mock draft, the, for the first version, we have Fatai going 12th to Sporting KC. Do you foresee that? Is that something, you know, that, that is that looks like a good chance. I know Real Salt Lake was uh, at the Sweet 16 game against Washington. Uh, I'm sure they're probably scouting, you know, players from both teams, especially Roldan from Washington. You know, I feel like Real Salt Lake would be a good fit for Fatai. I feel like he's very similar to kind of like a Kyle Beckerman of defensive midfielder, gets around, uh, plays tough nose uh, defense. But is kind of sporting KC a good fit for Fatai, or is there another team that's just a little better of a fit? I think he's a great fit for any team in MLS. I think he's a great MLS player. I, I think he has the versatility to play as that defensive mid in a Kyle Beckerman role, or you could even convert him to a center back moving forward. I think there's a lot of potential with him. And he did really well at Michigan State. I think every time I look at him, I think, why wasn't he an all-Big Ten first-team player? Mm-hmm. It, just, it doesn't make sense to me when you look at that. And there's been rumors floated out there that he might be a top two pick and it, it's just like what's the disconnect here what did the college coaches see that was a little bit different than what i'm seeing from him but i, I think he has the potential to go anywhere in the first round i don't think he's slipping out of the first round i think he's going to be a fit for whatever team he works with he has the technical abilities and he has the the tenacity and the athleticism to get by in mls so I think he's going to be a good fit no matter where where he lands. I think he can fit any role for any any sort of style of play. But Metzger's a little bit more of a pigeonhole type of player. He needs to find the right team. He he needs the ball on his feet. He's not quite as athletic as the other guys. He's decent in the tackle. He's decent when the ball's near him. But he, he's not quite as rangy as the other sort of players in his category of a midfielder or a defensive midfielder. So. I think Metzger needs to find a team like a New York City FC or like a Real Salt Lake that's going to want to keep the ball. So I think he needs to find the right team more so than Fatai needs it. This is an interesting time because the transfer window starts to open up for soccer everywhere. Teams can sign players. You know, we already have Steven Gerrard coming to the LA Galaxy in July. Frank Lampard's situation with NYC FC has been, you know, is he coming? Is he staying with Manchester City until after the season's done? You know, this affects how a team drafts and who they're going to draft. We kind of saw that last year with, you know, the union bring over Maurice Adu. And, you know, I know Kevin Cole play, played at Michigan State, and I'm not sure how much that affected what how they drafted and, you know, how they were going to prepare for, you know, their season. I know that, I know that coach was very much on, on the hot seat that whole entire season, and he ends up getting, you know, fired. But... You know, with all this stuff, with the transfer window, you know, and signing professional players from Europe and and whatnot, you know, how much does that, does that affect a team's decision on who to draft and when to draft a player? I don't think it's going to play that much of a role, just because I, I think you're at the point in the draft life that you don't look at these players as immediate impact players. I, I think you can look at this draft and think, 
we can get a couple of role players here or there in these types of positions. But if you're a team that's aiming for the playoffs, and I think all teams in MLS should be aiming for the playoffs, you shouldn't be looking at a rookie to make a huge influence for you. You should be looking for one of those players you mentioned, the the overseas stars that can really step into a lineup and do well. I think I think rookies have a little bit of, of a difficult time adjusting to MLS, especially in the second half of the season when their legs are a little weary and they're not used to the length of the season and they're not used to playing that many games back-to-back or in that type of environment. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a requirement for these teams to draft based off of what they foresee as a need for them. I think they should be looking at the best player available in all situations. And obviously that applies to most positions, but I guess goalkeeper is the one position where you want to look and really examine what you have on your team and what's out there, which makes it really difficult for the, the goalkeepers in this draft to get selected because unless a team needs a goalkeeper, they're not going to search out for the best player available in that position. So, for everyone else, though, I, I think you look at the, the best players available, you have your board in front of you for each team, and you, you just select down that, and then you let the chips fall as they may from there. Uh, out of the six Big Ten players which at the com- that are going to the Combine, which one has the best opportunity to have the best MLS career? I really like Fatehe. I, I I really like what he brings to the table, and I really like the way he's going to fit at the MLS level. I, I, I think he could have a very long career, and I, I think he could be an immediate contributor to a team, even as the, the first player off the bench or even as a, the top reserve player who just needs a year or two of seasoning under him. I, I've also been high on Tyler Arnold in the past. I, I think he's a hardworking midfielder. I think he's going to need a lot of help in terms of his tactical discipline. And I, I think if he goes to the right team, he could have a really long MLS career. And, and the two goalkeepers we mentioned, if Tyler Miller falls to the right team, who's willing to give him a chance early, I think he could be a, a type of player who makes a real noise in MLS and moves on to the, to Europe or to another club in the future. He has a lot of talent and he's a very good player and he's a very good goalkeeper. It's just, it's just so hard for goalkeepers, especially rookie goalkeepers, to get playing time. And there's not that many job opportunities out there available in MLS. So it might be a situation of him going on loan for a little while to the lower league and then coming back to MLS. But I think Tyler Arnone and, and I think Fateh and I think Tyler Miller and even Andrew Wolverton all have a good shot at having MLS careers. It's kind of tough for goalkeepers, as you said. You know, you, yeah. you don't want to start a rookie goalkeeper sometimes. And there's only a finite amount of minutes in that position. You can't really rotate a goalkeeper during the middle of the game. So it's really hard to find that playing time for a goalkeeper. And if you are going to use a first-round pick on a player, you're not going to be that likely to send them on loan. You want that type of player around your team because you have a foreseeable future and you have a plan for him. But when you have a goalkeeper, sometimes you have to do that. Well, we have a lot of other prospects outside of the Big Ten. Um, A couple of mine that I've written down here, uh, a guy that, I really enjoyed watching uh, against uh, Virginia in the in the College Cup was Omar Balo, the defender from UMBC. Great guy off corners, gets up. He's always near the ball uh, off you know off corners and set pieces. Very strong defender. Uh, do you feel the same way about Balo? Yeah, I, I feel like he's a he's an interesting prospect. I feel like some teams going to take him early. Uh, I think there might be some concern about how he moves laterally because at the MLS level, it's a, 
is a little bit quicker, and you're going to start getting exposed a little bit if you don't have quick enough feet to play at that pace. But I, I think everything you've seen from him in college makes it look like he has the potential to be a good center back at the MLS level. And he, he shows quality. He's a big player, so he, he's going to be able to fit in in terms of the physicality of the league. But I, I think if his technical ability and if his quick feet match what they show at MLS, he'll be able to contribute immediately. And I'm excited to see how he does. I know there's a lot of college coaches that are very high on him, and they're eager to see how he does at the combine, how he does in terms of where he goes in the draft. And then another one that played in the, you know, against, uh, uh, and that played for Virginia in the in the College Cup and then the championship game, and he was a national champion. National champion is Eric Bird from Virginia, uh, another product from the New York Red Bulls Academy. I'm not sure if he still has the homegrown on him or not, but you know he was injured. Is that a concern for? For Eric Bird going into the combine, the injury he had sustained this season? Yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely going to be some teams that write him off a little bit because of the injury, but I, I like Bird a lot. There's enough tape out there to, to say this is what he can do and this is how he fit into a system. Uh, Virginia, they have an analyst on the staff, and he breaks down every single part of the game. He helped these players with their – tape to send out to these MLS teams to show this is what this player does well, this is who this player compares to. So basically, Virginia helped all of these players prepare their own scouting reports to send out to the teams, which probably has some pros and cons to it, because as we mentioned before, MLS isn't good at scouting. So with a bird, you now have everything you want to know about him (laughs) as provided by the player. Your scouting is, you're not really taking much of a guess on him, but in Bird's situation, I think he's a very good player. I think he's technical enough to play at MLS level. Assuming he's fully recovered, I believe it was a groin injury. I might be missing that. So I don't think there's any long-term worries for him. But assuming he's fully recovered and he plays at the combine, I think he'll do fine. And I still feel like he'll be a first-round pick. He has a lot of quality to his game. And then another player you know, I saw play here uh, against Michigan State, Provident, uh, who played at Providence College, uh, was Fabio Machado, uh, the product from the New York Revolution uh, Academy. Uh, very good player, showed some skill in the College Cup against UCLA. Is he, I mean, he may not be a first-rounder, but is he kind of someone not to sleep on in the draft? He can actually have a good impact for your team coming off the bench, maybe not your first year, but in the latter years? He's the type of player that I, I think we like more in college than we ever do in MLS. He doesn't really have the, the athletic burst that's going to separate him from a defender. And the technical type of players seem to do better at the USL and NASL level than they ever do once they get up to the MLS level. And I, I think that's what's going to be his problem. It's, he's never quite going to fit in with the types of coaches that they have at the MLS level. So I, I think he might get drafted, and I think he might be just a prospect for a team, a team who's looking to take a chance on him and maybe say, hey, let's see what this kid can do for a year in USL and see if he comes up to the first team in a year or two. But I, I don't really envision him as being a immediate contributor to an MLS team. I, I envision him more as a prospect for a team, a team that's looking to take a chance on a player and maybe still in the reserve team for 2015. Uh, and then another interesting player who played with the who played with the tie this past summer on the, uh, the PDL team for the Portland Timbers was uh, Kyrie Shelton. From Oregon State uh, in that high-scoring offense they had, uh, the kid's six-three forward, one hundred seventy-five pounds. Uh, 
does he look like a good prospect? Uh, you know, on a, from a good goal scoring Oregon State team, is it going to is it going to be easy for him to make the transition to MLS? Two years ago, Shelton was one of the best forwards in the Pac-12, and he was on his way to a generation of DS contract. And about midway through the season, he gets injured, and he spends the rest of the year on the bench. So there's no generation of DS contract offer. The the scouts kind of die down on him. His junior season's okay, but he picks up another injury. So it dies down again on him. This season, he finally stayed healthy. He, he was healthy for all the games. He he destroyed the Pac-12. He ended up winning the Pac-12 Player of the Year, opposing Pac-12 coaches that so wasn't really fair playing against him. It was like playing against the professional player out there. <laughs> and I think that's what it is with Shelton. When he's on the field, He's a professional. He was a professional player playing against college kids. He has the tools. He has the speed. He has the ability to finish through traffic. He has the ability to finish in a variety of ways. He's difficult to mark. There's all these types of qualities to his game, but some some like to say that staying healthy is a skill, and he just <laughs> doesn't have that skill, and he hasn't shown it in college. And I, I feel like if you could promise a uh, MLS team that that Shelton would be healthy for, say, 20 games out of the season, he'd be either the first or the second pick in this draft. Regardless of what type of contract he's on, he'd be one of the top two picks in this draft. But you just can't have that promise. And you're going to need a very good training staff that's going to be able to maybe fine-tune some things in his nutrition, fine-tune some things in the way he goes through preseason to make sure he's at his peak form and to make sure he stays on the field for you. And MLS, for all the advancements they've had, they're not quite there in terms of what they do with their training staff and keeping players healthy. So I think there's a lot of potential with him to be a great player, a great player at the MLS level. But I think the main concern for every MLS team should be, well, will he stay healthy for us? Because who knows after the first game? Who knows what happens if he takes a knock? Who knows if he's going to be back in time for that season? And do you want to take that risk with one of your top five picks? Back to the, uh, I guess, back to the combine. Of all the 55 seniors that were invited, which one has a lot to prove and can really, you know, jump his stock in the draft if he does, if he performs well? I think James Rogers has a lot to prove. New Mexico's, uh, he's, he's a winger. He, he could play as a forward, but I think he'd be better in like a 4-3-3 formation out wide. Uh, with the ability to run at defenders. He's a tenacious player. He plays hard. He didn't have a great year for New Mexico, but the past two years before this, he was very solid, and he looked like he had an MLS career ahead of him. And I I think he needs to show that again at the Combine. He needs to show that he's a competitor. He needs to show that he's willing to put on the defensive work, and he also has that quality to get forward and take on defenders and beat defenders and score goals. And I think there's a lot out there for him to show at the Combine that could really impress people. I think Andy Craven's another one that's going to sneak up on some people. It's weird to say that because Andy had such a good season with North Carolina, but he's a good forward. He has a dynamic burst of pace, and he's able to get behind defenses because he's a smart player too. So I I think he'll also do well at the Combine. I mean, the the Combine really, if you're able to score a couple of goals at the Combine, you're going to catch – one MLS coach's eye, and you're going to get drafted somewhere in the first couple of rounds. So I, I think it's going to be up to the, the forwards and the attacking players to, to show that they can do that against these 
quote-unquote MLS-level defenders at the Combine. I think those are the players I'm sort of looking at to showcase themselves in Florida. And then is there a player that just kind of is on the fence and if they really have a bad performance, they have a lot to lose or not so much? Or is is there like a couple or one specific guy? I feel like the guys who sign their contracts early with MLS, the guys who sign their contracts because MLS has already seen them play enough to know where they're at, there's a little bit to lose at the combine because you go down there, you have a guaranteed contract, you have all this going for you, and if you stink up the joint for your three games and you just don't perform well, then you sort of have that that against you as you go into the draft. And I, I think you need to go into the combine with that competitive hunger, that chip on your shoulder, like, hey, I want to be the best guy here. I want to be that first pick overall. So I, I think that's what it comes down to. I, I, I think there's not really one player who goes into the combine as the quote-unquote top pick right now and who has the potential just to fall off from there. I think there's a lot of MLS teams looking at it and saying there's there's a group of players that you'd say is in tier one, the top 10 pick area. Yeah. And then there's a group of players who are below that and then below that too. And I feel like from the tier one guys, it's the guys who mostly got those pre-combine contracts. And those are the types of guys who have to show up in Florida and perform well and prove that they're worthy of those first round picks and those top 10 picks. Uh, I guess for not, for, for not a lot of people that, you know, I mean, MLS draft is not the biggest broadcasted thing on, on TV. I mean, it is broadcast on ESPN, but you know, the NFL draft, we know, you know, there's six, you know, you can have a, you can get a sleeper pick in the sixth round, the fourth round, the fifth round, you know, usually the, the, the steel picks come, you know, later in the draft, you know, there's four rounds in the ML and the MLS draft. What round usually are the sleeper picks found in? If you have a, an idea and you know, what player looks to be kind of a sleeper pick for, you know, the draft. I'd say the third round. I mean, the way I look at the draft is, the, the first round, if you're an MLS scout, you should know what a first-round talent looks like. You should have a good idea what a first-round guy looks like. And I feel like the first-round guys who are like fence guys slip into the second round, and then those those are the guys who might have one or two MLS skills, but there might be some hesitation. Maybe they don't play quick enough. Maybe that you don't think they're, they're technically capable, but you're willing to take the chance on those guys. So those are the types of the guys that slip into the second round, and Sometimes those guys work out, sometimes they don't. But when you get into the third round, you find MLS teams are searching for players, and they dig a little bit deeper, and they, they find players that sort of maybe fit just one specific skill, and you're able to work that in. And maybe that's just a guy who's extremely fast. Maybe he doesn't have a touch yet. Maybe it's a guy who has a, a great ability to man mark, and you could work on other parts of his game. But the third round is usually where it goes. In the fourth round, you're kind of reaching at the bottom of the barrel, and you're just hoping something sticks. But the third round is really where guys are. But this is MLS, and there isn't a ton of talent that drops into the league every year. It's, it's, it's not as good. Like, NCAA football is very good at supplying players to the NFL. And right now, college soccer isn't at that same level in terms of supplying the same amount of players for MLS. Just the technical ability of the college soccer players isn't always at the same quality of the professional players. So it, it doesn't quite work out the same way. Maybe you get one or two sleepers a year, but I think MLS scouts are getting better at identifying those guys, and those guys are going earlier and earlier in the draft because the word's getting out about those types of players. And then for this draft, do you have like kind of a guy that you think will fall to that third round? And then, you know, kind of be a steal for a team? Um, 
I like Anthony Manning a lot. I haven't heard much about him, but he's an athletic defender who I think could fit a role as maybe a possible outside defender or even a versatile center back moving forward. He played at St. Louis for four years. He did well at St. Louis. Uh, I think there's some hesitation about his game because maybe he's just not tenacious or physical enough to make it at MLS, but I think he's the type of player who might slip down in the draft, maybe go in the third round or fourth round, and I think he might have enough ability to to, to make it. I, I also think, um, gosh, I'm going to mess it up. It's one of the Sullivan brothers. It's either, I think it's Sheldon's the older one. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Sullivan from Virginia. It's either him or Kyler. I can't. I always get the brothers mixed up. But one's a senior and one's a sophomore. And the seniors in the draft this year. And I think he has enough ability too. I, I think he could make it. Uh, I've heard him compared to AJ De La Garza, the LA Galaxy center back, sometimes outside back. And I think there's some similarities to the games between the two. But I, I think an MLS team should take a chance on him just because there's enough there to say, hey, this kid might be able to play at the MLS level, let's see if he can make it on our training camp roster. So UCLA just has a ton of guys going to the MLS Combine. How many of those UCLA players do you think will end up being drafted in the MLS? Would it shock you if I said zero? I, really? I think there's a there's a possibility Leo Stoles goes back to Europe or explores other options, and I think he was the, the guaranteed type of player to be drafted from this UCLA class. I like Earl Edwards, too, as a goalkeeper, but I don't think he gets drafted. I think he'll end up signing a training camp on a training camp spot with a team and see if they'll make it from there. Hmm. Aaron Simmons wasn't great this year, but he has a decent career resume to him. But I don't think he's drafted either. I, I don't think he goes in the in the four rounds. And Andrew, I'm not even going to try his last name right now. <laughs> um, he isn't really an MLS-type player. He he more of a USL type player. So maybe an MLS team drafts him in the fourth round and puts him on a reserve team. But I could envision a possibility where Leo Cole signs a contract in, say, Germany. And then that leaves UCLA with, I believe, three other players at the Combine. And mm-hmm. I could see a situation where none of those three are drafted. Earl, Earl Edwards, uh, Edwards Jr. to me was just kind of like, um, he had moments in the college cup where i just kind of said yikes like like he took a lot of risks and i think just some of them were just and to me and i think that kind of stands out when you're a college scout you know you want to keep her if you're gonna take a risk you need to make sure you you uh you're you're like completing that risk like 100 you know somewhere between 80 to 100 percent you know uh, and it's not gonna cause your team to lose the game there were just some moments where he had where I just kind of said, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's really an, M- an MLS goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. There's definitely questions about his decision-making. And he struggles a lot on crosses, especially crosses fluid to the back post. And, I, I mean, there, he's great at shot-stopping. He, he makes some tremendous saves in situations like that. But decision-making, he really struggles with. And there might be an issue of getting him into a professional environment and helping him improve his shot-stopping ability moving forward. But... I just, if you're an MLS scout and you look at him, I, I don't think you want to draft him. I think you want to see what happens in the draft. Maybe someone else takes him, or maybe you can bring him in on a free contract and see what he does in your training camp. But I, I just think there's too much out there to make you hesitate about what he showed at college stuff and what he showed for the past two seasons with UCLA. In the MLS draft, what team really needs to do well? I mean, Toronto has a lot of picks, 
and Toronto for as many players as they sign. They've still never made the MLS playoffs. You know, we have two new clubs in with Orlando City and NYCFC. But which team really needs to draft well to help improve their roster and, you know, maybe draft some players that can help, you know, make or break their season? I think the two expansion teams, Orlando City and New York City FC, both need to have a productive draft. They both need to find players that can fill roles for them and players who they think can contribute off the bench. Uh, When you're an expansion team, you just need bodies at certain points. It's a long MLS season. You're going to get into the middle of the season. You're just going to need bodies who are maybe not quite as good as your starters, but who are able to step in and maybe the drop-off isn't as bad as some other teams and you can help and they can help you pick up some points here or there. But I, I think the expansion teams need to find two, maybe three players who can contribute in this draft. And that's really tough. That's where your scouts earn their money. Mm. But for the already established MLS franchises, you just need one player from this draft. If you find them in the first round, great. If you find them in the third round, great. Either way, you really just need to find one player from the draft. And that's all you need each year. If you, as long as you get one player who can stick on the roster from the draft and you can build through other means, through your academy, through your international signings, you're going to have a successful team. So your goal is really pretty low. So I, I don't think it's a terribly difficult process, but as you mentioned, <laughs> there are teams that struggle to even find that one player. I mean, Toronto City has been searching for one player who can make a difference for them for a long time. And I think that's why they want Kyle Aaron, the Connecticut player in this draft so badly because they look at that player and they're like, well, he's for sure going to be an MLS all-star moving forward. He's already on Canada's men's national team. He's already a full international player. He already has interest for Europe. We need this type of player in the league. And I I think that's why there's such a push to get him into this draft. And I think that's why Toronto FC wants him so badly. And it's an understandable need and want situation. So, I, I look at that as the type of savior for the Toronto FC um, club, but I, I'm not sure it's actually going to work out that way, but I think that's the type of player Toronto FC needs from this draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they got rid of Chapman's homegrown, you know, got released him off his homegrown. Um, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. sure that's actually going to happen. I, I think there might be news coming out soon that Toronto FC's reverse course on that. Really? Have they? Ooh, this it is interesting. It sounds like, I mean, why would you let him go? I mean, I'm I'm trying to do my best here to talk to the coaching staff and everyone about to see what what's happening since I've been back. So I'm interested to see what what, ha- what happens. I don't know why you let a talented player that like that go. Toronto FC scouting network isn't good, and <laughs> I I don't think they'll hide from that fact. I, I don't think they really have a resources devoted to college scouting. I think they kind of just hope and pray they can pick up news tidbits from elsewhere and use that during the draft. And I think that's also affecting how they rate their home ground players. The Chapman's agent probably came to Toronto and said, this is what we want. This is what we think he's worth based off what they've seen from home ground players. Signed. And Toronto FC probably said, no way we're playing a home ground player this because they're used to paying their home ground players minimum contract. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of can understand like they're they're looking at like, well, where has this kid been for the past three years? What's he been doing? What's going on there? And that's just kind of Toronto FC's naivety about how everything runs. So I, I think Toronto FC sort of realized what was going on and realized how good Chapman was. And I think they sort of reversed course of like, hey, maybe we should negotiate a little bit here. Maybe we should sign this player because he's a talented player and he can 
offer us a type of option moving forward who could fit into our first team and be a contributor for mm-hmm. us. So I, I think Toronto C4 finally figured stuff out there. Well, that's good. That's always a positive. <clears throat> with Adam Montague, since we talked about Pattaya and we just talked about Chad, and with Adam Montague, you know, we've talked about him in the past, 6'3". He, he does have a very good passing ability with the ball if you do watch his tape. He, for his size, for a guy that's 6'3", he, he sees the field pretty well and he does pass the ball well. His dribbling skills aren't the best, but like you said, he's big. Or we've talked about in the past, he's, he's big. He's good on, he can do well on set pieces for you, hold the ball up top. Does he get drafted and, or is it, does that depend on how he does at the combine? It depends on the combine, and I think there's only a few teams that really need a player of his sort of style. Mm-hmm. I think San Jose is one of those teams, so I think San Jose is going to be the one that watches him closely. <clears throat> and I think Houston also would value his skills, so I think those are the two teams that really rate what he brings to the table. Uh, thank you, JR, for uh, coming on, and uh, you know I appreciate it. That was JR Eskelson of TopDrawerSoccer.com, uh, reporter. And uh, you know we'll have Jr. on next week before uh, you know before the uh, MLS draft on the fifteenth. Thanks, Brooke.